you're listening to Prairie Justice, a Greg Sanders Vigilante podcast. Prairie Justice presents the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Howdy folks and welcome back to Prairie Justice and we're carrying on with chapter 2 of the 7 Steps to Conquest storyline from Leading Comics number 4, Fall of 1942. Uh, by now you should have heard chapter 1 appeared on this, uh, this, ch- this channel, this program here just a few days ago and chapter 2 is going to get right into the action with solo stories of the seven soldiers of victory and this time we have the crimson avenger and crimson avenger is going to take on his uh, accomplice of the uh, sense master there were the sixth sense as they say and that uh, particular villain is going to be mickey gordon now let's just talk a little bit about the crimson avenger just a little refresher if you didn't kind of forgot who he was and uh, that's okay if you do because uh, he's got a long history going back to the 1930s in DC Comics in fact 1938 just in the third year of DC Comics's publication history he first appears in Detective Comics number 21 and uh, on the cover date on his on that was November 1938 and he was created by writer and artist Jim G Chambers and originally he was a well shall we say it's in the title detective and need I say he actually appear, appeared a few months before Superman or after Superman rather and a few months before Batman so he's a natural for detective comics and one of their continuing and probably first masked avengers of the uh, of that title so lee travis was a crusading publisher uh, newspaper publisher in new york city and decided to throw on a hat mask and a, a red cloak and along with a series of gas guns or just uh, regular conventional automatic 38s fights crime or avenges crime as it were with the help of his uh, not Chinese American but actual Chinese citizen landed in America by the name of Wing and Wing in, in the first few years is his chauffeur now a few years later, uh, comics changed a bit. And one of those reasons was the aforementioned Superman and Batman. And suddenly, the detectives in cloaks and hats, as cool as they look now, just uh, didn't see, seemed a little de rigueur in comics. And uh, people wanted to see uh, 
brightly colored costumes on superheroes because so many were appearing in so many anthologies both in DC, Timely, Quality and so many other uh, brief publications. So the Crimson Avenger around about 1941 took on a uh, skin tight acrobatic costume with an open face and a domino mask and uh, his boots, trunks and such were trimmed in yellow and wing his uh, chauffeur became his Robin, his sidekick. And he wore the exact reverse in colors, sort of a reverse flash sort of a scheme. And at that point in time, I don't know what happened to Mr. Chambers, but he was gone. And it, uh, the strip fell into a Mr. Jack Leite. Now, he was still a good character. He was still fine. And of course, joined the Seven Soldiers with Leading Comics number one. But uh, the character of Wing devolved a little bit. We were starting to get into a little bit of this sort of yellow peril and uh, stereotypes. And Wing, who had been sort of a respectable character, even though he was, uh, you know, he was definitely uh, a servant to Crimson Avenger. You know, suddenly he decided to develop lisps and he started to... Uh, misplaces L's for R's and sort of a stereotypical uh, uh, you'd have to say it racially offensive style so when you hear this drama Wing is in here uh, but thankfully he's actually back in his role as the guy who drives the Crimson Avenger around and he's pretty darn good with his fists as well so there is that uh, Mickey Gordon for a little bit uh, might not come across as the most uh, venomous villain you've ever seen. Think a cross between Jimmy Olsen, along with the uh, hard-boiledness of Jim Corrigan, the uh, alter ego of the Spectre. He's a young red-haired kid. He's a honky-tonk piano player who's seen some better days and basically walks around in a very loud green checked suit and a derby hat that's uh, probably about 20 to 30 years out of date at that point in time even though he's a young man but uh, when he is given the power of super hearing by the sense master he is sent after a jewel and uh, I believe that this is going to change his life quite a bit I don't want to give too much away so I think with that we'll just carry on into the drama and I'll see you on the other side The Crimson Avenger Chapter 2 Music soothes the savage beast Or so the saying goes And it's true For here's a story of music that soothed Softened up a mug Whose callous-lit ears Had once listened only to the music Of the rat-a-tat-tat of machine guns Queer, isn't it? yet no more queer than the super-sensitive hearing given to Mickey Gordon by his evil master. Then listen to a symphony of love and hate, of honor, of shame, of guns and fists, of the Crimson Avenger and Wing in this recording of the Crime Concerto. In a car speeding westward, 
sits the first of the criminals, the man of hearing, Mickey Gordon. What did the boss say in his instructions, Mickey? A girl named Alice Howard owns the diamond. Listen, Mickey. It says she plays the piano, likes music, and that you are to get friendly with her. The boss told me that my new super hearing will make the job easy. How does he figure that? Sometime later, the car enters a sprawling suburban town. That's the dump up there. Yeah, I can hear piano music from here. Okay, guys, here's where Mickey Gordon carries out orders. Say, she's all right. Plenty all right, uh, honey. Then Mickey grows aware of beautiful music. That cheap piano I played at Logan's Bar never sounded like that. Say, I never went for concert music before. But now it sounds different. Like clean rain after a thunderstorm. Like brook water skipping over stones. You're lucky, Mickey Gordon, for your super sensitive ears. Now hear the fullest melodic sounds lost to the average person's hearing. Well, I didn't know I had an audience. But I'm glad you liked it. Liked it? I'm crazy about it. Bounding into the room, Mickey seats himself before the piano keys. How odd. This hard-looking young man with tears on his face. Does he love music so much? Only one part didn't strike home with me. You played it like this. I'd have played it like this. You're right. I always speed up that chord. But it should be played slower for the right effect. I think introductions are in order. I'm Alice Howard. Who are you? I want to know all about you. All about me? Well, I'm Mickey Gordon. Used to bat out corny tunes in a bar. Without knowing quite why, Mickey talks about his childhood and his youth. And after you left the orphanage? I knocked about, got in with a tough gang, stole, was arrested a couple of times. Well, I guess now that you know I'm a jailbird, you'll want me to go. I don't care what you were or how tough you pretend to be. I saw you cry over beautiful music. A man's got to be decent and good inside to do that. Mickey, I've got some tickets for a concert at the Village Hall tonight. Would you take me? Would I? I'd like to see somebody try to stop me. Now I know why the boss said my super hearing would help me make friends with this girl. Has Mickey actually softened? Or is he just following out his evil master's instructions? That night, a car scuds to a screeching stop before the Howard home. The Crimson Avenger and Wing have arrived. We're here at last, Mr. Crimson. You're right, Wing. I only hope we're not too late to stop Gordon. 
Why, Miss Howard went to the concert at the Village Hall. With the Mr. Gordon, I believe. Gordon? Great Scott, that guy works fast. Village Hall, eh? Village Hall. Intermission time. Two colorful figures catapult down the aisle. Misty Crimson, that is Gordon, just like the Shining Knight gave us the description. Not so loud, Wing. I want to take him by surprise. But as Gordon's hyper-hearing catches the whispered words, The Crimson Avenger? The game's up, Mickey, and you're going to jail. You brute. Don't think you can hit Mickey and get away with it. Huh? Then from seats in another aisle, the Sixth Sense's hirelings. It's the Crimson Avenger, guys. Give him lumps. Lumps? What do you think you're getting? Oof. Whee. Time to wait to make personal appearance. Oof. The tide turned. The thugs retreat. Come on, gang. Let's beat it through the stage door. My, my, you boys give up easily, don't you? Maybe you're not an angel, but here's a harp anyway. Oh, pause in front of my face. I'm back in jail again. Good music, and I never took a lesson in my life. Then, as side by side, the Crimson Avenger and Wing dart after a fleeing thug. Come on, Wing. We can't let any of this mob slip through our fingers. A sandbag slams them into oblivion. Uh. Minutes later, the crime fighters rise, shaken and dazed. Oh, whoa. Bad criminals make a snappy getaway. Not all of them. Mickey Gordon's still here. As the town sheriff arrives, the Crimson Avenger makes an accusation. Sheriff, I demand the arrest of this man for an attempt to steal the large jewel left Miss Howard by her father. Mickey! At the girl's request, she and Mickey are left alone. Mickey, is that true? Sure, sure, it's true. I came here to make friends with you. I was going to persuade you to wear the diamond and then steal it. And sure, I'm a heel. But when I heard that music and saw you, uh, something happened. I couldn't then. I couldn't. Believe me, Alice. Surprisingly, the girl comes to Mickey's aid. Sheriff, I demand you release Gordon. He did not steal my gem, so he's not guilty of anything. But, Sheriff, I know he's... Sorry, Crimson. Can't arrest him just on suspicion. Later, Mickey takes Alice home. Alice, I've decided to go straight. Do you believe me? Yes, Mickey. And to prove it, I'll wear the gem tomorrow night. When I play at the radio station. The diamond. She's going to wear it, despite what the Avenger told her. I don't get it. We heard you tell her. You're not really going straight, are you, Mickey? Uh, Miha, of course not. I'm just feeding her a line. <laughs> that night... Tangled thoughts disturb many troubled minds. I told the boys I was just feeding her a line, but was I? Was I? Maybe I'm making a mistake in trusting Mickey, but I've got to be sure of him. I've got to. Wing, I want you to be fair to Mickey. 
Do you suppose that boy is really on the level? Can't say. Only the future will give us the answer. We must see what happens next. The next night inside the broadcasting station. This necklace always annoys me when I play. Mickey, will you hold it for me till I finish? Almost time, Miss Howard. The diamond. I can walk away with it, and nobody will stop me. The big boss will make me rich. I'll have money to burn. But Alice, I'll let her down, and she's testing me. Do I love her enough to give up all that? Okay, okay, Mickey, you got the rock. Now let's get going. The big boss has already sent the boys to pick us up. In that instant, Mickey knows he must make a decision. What is it? The deal's off. Turn it soft, eh, chump? Oh. 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 We're too late. The boy is already shot. Why the dirty rats? It's the Crimson Avenger again. A dynamite fist explodes against a brutish jaw as the Scarlet Crime Crusher bores in. By heaven, Mickey, I'll make it up to you. These rats will pay. Plenty. But the hoodlum holding the gem pounds up the stairs. Mr. Crimson, that man got the diamond. You take care of things here. I'll get him. Bullets whine thickly about the Avenger as he pursues his quarry to the roof. Three. Four. Five. Six. That's your last bullet, rat. Now I'm going to beat you to a pulp. Keep away from me, you hear? Keep away from me! In desperation, the thug leaps to the girder of the radio tower antenna. But the vengeful crime cracker swings up after him like a nimble creature of the jungle. There's no place for you to run to now. Better give up, fella. Oh, all right, you got me. Yeah, I'll kill you. Wow, close, but that's your last chance. I'm taking you in with the diamond. Then, without warning, a small blimp sails toward the tower. A rope ladder flutters down, and the cornered thug makes a daring, desperate leap. Swiftly, almost magically, the ladder is drawn up into the blimp, and the stunned Crimson Avenger is alone atop the antenna tower. Well, this is certainly one for the book. I'm sorry, Miss Howard. That thug got away with your diamond. Oh, I don't care. I'm thankful Mickey wasn't killed. The bullet just glanced off his ribs. I'm sorry I misjudged you, Mickey. Well... Now I'm going to your boss's hideout and recover Miss Howard's gem. I'm going with you to help you any way I can. At that moment in the retreating blimp. The big boss cut your wire last night and sent us to help you and the boys make a getaway. Wait till the boss sees the diamond. I'm in for big money now. Later in his lair, the sixth sense gloats as in his metal palm rests a blazing jewel. At last it begins, the first of the gems. 
So a few of my notes here on this drama. Um, Bill Finger has given the finger to the formula a little bit, at least in this first chapter. Number one, uh, Mickey Gordon is not quite the villain that I believe the Sixth Sense thought he was, so I don't quite know what his recruitment or vetting process was. Uh, Mickey, as we can see, can have his head turned and have his head turned in a good way. Um, in the end, Alice Gordon is just somebody he'd uh, rather be impressive and do the right thing rather than uh, try to have the riches that he probably could have. And uh, with his new super hearing, well, Mickey's got a whole new uh, lease on life as far as his talents at the piano. So that's something very interesting, and it's something that the Crimson Avenger had to uh, to come clean with. You know, when he came in here with just fists blazing, uh, Alice Gordon <laughs> wasn't a bit scared of him and gave him a little bit of a, a smack to the cheek. And uh, this is also an interesting thing is uh, where Wing came in. You know, despite the Velisali uh, Mistal Travis sort of a thing, which I hope you appreciate I did not put in. Uh, Crimson Avenger goes back to Wing and actually seeks his counsel. Goes, uh, be honest with me, Wing. What did you think? And uh, Wing didn't give him much of an answer, but uh, did give him some food for thought. So I thought that this... Uh, sort of gave the old uh, Seven Soldiers formula of just uh, going out and beating up a villain and uh, going back to beat the master villain, a little bit of a twist. Further to the formula, we also see that it's just not a matter of uh, for our five operatives to just pick up this gem and head back to home base, back to the mothership as it were. The Sixth Sense seems to have backup plans for his backup plans. Despite being out there and uh, having his own sensories controlling a robot, he's also got uh, mugs that are paid off. Uh, making sure that Mickey Gordon gets to his prey, making sure he, he gets a ride and goes after the con job that he's unable to perform in trying to get Miss Gordon to relinquish the jewel. But in the end, Miss Gordon figures him out. Like she's got a good sense. Um, she's got senses that none of these guys actually have. She, besides just having a thing for Gordon, uh, she realizes that he's basically a, de a very decent man. And she even trusts him with the jewel. Uh, of course, a lot more than the Sixth Sense uh, seems to trust and has these backup plans to make sure that he gets this jewel off and in the end i think uh, at the end of the story i think crimson avenger mr travis has realized he's learned a lesson as well so now let's go to uh what roy has to say uh he shrank the nine page story down to two pages within all-star squadron 56 in his uh reimagination of this uh, as we have stated in the past uh, chapter, uh, this is a compression of the leading comics number four, put within the All-Star Squadron and a whole lot of other distractions besides, uh, such as Crisis and Infinite Earths. 
And anyway, Mike Clark um, has reimagined this, and he's really, uh, really amped up the relationship between Mickey Gordon and Alice Howard. And he's really played up how Mickey betrays the uh, the gangsters in making sure that that he doesn't take the jewel for himself, even though the gangsters will get away via the dirigible and uh, an exciting climb up a steel tower where the uh, the unnamed gangster gives a little kick to the Crimson Avenger, grabs a mooring rope and manages to get himself into the dirigible. And we also see that the robot, um, Mike Clark has given an, a, a very modern design to the very clunky looking 1930s, 1940s style electro kind of robot that we saw in the original leading comic story. And that's about all we have to leave because it's only a couple of pages. And uh, Roy doesn't even restrains himself. Oh, we do see some red skies behind the dirigible. So, we can keep this justification of a crisis crossover going on. And that's about where I think I'm going to leave it. Um, thank you for tuning in to Chapter 2. And Chapter 3, look for that in your feed within a few days here. And that'll be starring none other than Sir Justin, the shiny knight, and his, his uh, celestial steed, Winged Victory. See you later, Legionnaires.